Daniel Decoded. That's the title of our study subject here on Search for Truth, your Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. Brian looks into the events recorded in the book of Daniel, along with a study of the man's character with relevant up-to-date teaching for today. And you can follow up these broadcasts with deeper study if you send for the transcript book. I'll remind you how to obtain it after Brian's talk. So now to Brian with the second of 12 talks about the book and the character of Daniel. Thanks, Brian. And thank you, John. So far, we've thought of Daniel as a migrant, forced away from his sheltered and privileged upbringing and plunged into a totally foreign culture, one which was attempting to make him rethink everything he stood for. At points in our lives, albeit in much less extreme ways, we'll be forced either to stand on our own feet for what we've believed in, or else to allow ourselves to be swept away with the new ideas of others. But Daniel's original framework of beliefs was firmly Bible-based. He's therefore a role model to succeeding generations of what it means to stand up for God's truth when under extreme pressure to conform to a lesser or different standard. History has repeatedly thrown up such challenges. For example, around the turn of the 20th century, when the world heard and later tried to implement the godless philosophy of Nietzsche. When the scaffold of biblical values is removed from around society, will the righteous still stand as individuals? Daniel did at a time when Nebuchadnezzar was bossing the world. This world ruler, Nebuchadnezzar, head of the mighty Babylonian Empire in the 6th century before Christ, was not only incomparably powerful, but he was real smart too. If you thought he was the absent-minded incompetent who forgot his own dreams, you've got the wrong man. Here's your chance to rethink that assessment as we read from Daniel chapter 2, the beginning of the chapter. Now in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams, and his spirit was troubled, and his sleep left him. Then the king gave orders to call in the magicians, the conjurers, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans to tell the king his dreams. So they came in and stood before the king. The king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is anxious to understand the dream. Then the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, Let the king tell the dream to his servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time, inasmuch as you have seen that the commandment from me is firm, that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream, that I may know that you can declare to me its meaning. Isn't it clear? This wasn't forgetfulness, but Nebuchadnezzar was behaving very shrewdly. If his advisers couldn't inform him what his dream had been, why should he, as the king, have any confidence that they weren't simply making up any old fanciful and flattering interpretation? So Nebuchadnezzar was shrewd. Oh, and did I mention that he was ruthless? For as we've just heard, he authorises the execution of all the intelligentsia if they fail to comply with his request. Let's read on 
to capture the understandable reaction of his advisers. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king, inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer or Chaldean. Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult, and there is no one else who could declare it to the king except gods, whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. Because of this, the king became indignant and very furious and gave orders to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander, For what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, about the matter, so that they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. This is some test, isn't it? A real tight spot with perhaps only 24 hours to live. The pressure on young Daniel was immense. At once, Daniel takes it to the Lord in prayer and requests his companions to do the same. So we read on. Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel said, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise, for you have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we requested of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. You see this? Daniel is a man who knows his God, and God's man comes through. And we learn that if you're in touch with God, you can withstand the full brunt of the power of society, or of a culture, or even of an empire. Therefore, we read on, Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and spoke to him as follows, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me into the king's presence, and I will declare the interpretation to the king. Then Arioch hurriedly brought Daniel into the king's presence and spoke to him as follows, I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. The king said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, nor diviners are able to declare it to the king. However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the visions in your mind while on your bed. As for you, O king, while on your bed, your thoughts turned to what would take place in the future. And he who reveals mysteries has made known to you what will take place. 
But as for me, this mystery has not been revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me more than in any other living person, but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king, and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. You, O king, were looking, and behold, there was a single great statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendour, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was awesome. The head of that statue was made of fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands, and it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay, and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver and the gold were crushed all at the same time, and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Nebuchadnezzar would have instantly recognised his own dream, and that would have convinced him that the interpretation about to be shared now by Daniel was authentic. This was the dream, Daniel continued. Now we will tell its interpretation before the king. You, O king, are the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength and the glory. You are the head of gold. After you there will arise another kingdom inferior to you, then another third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over all the earth. Then there will be a fourth kingdom, as strong as iron, Inasmuch as iron crushes and shatters all things, so like iron that breaks in pieces, it will crush and break all these in pieces. In that you saw the feet and the toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be a divided kingdom, but it will have in it the toughness of the iron, inasmuch as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. In those days... Or in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future, so the dream is true and its interpretation is trustworthy. Through Daniel, God revealed in the 6th century BC that from that time until the end of history, only four kingdoms or four empires would come to dominate the world centred on the Middle East. By chapter 8 of the book of Daniel, we are additionally given names for the second and third empires which followed on from the Babylonian, they were the Medo-Persian Empire and the Greek empires, respectively. The fourth empire is left unnamed in the Bible. The usual view has been that it refers to the Roman Empire, which, however, was more of a, a Middle European rather than a Middle Eastern Empire. Later in this series, we'll explore if it could be possible that the Islamic Caliphate or Islamic State, is a better contender for Daniel's fourth world empire, one which we see emerging today. 
we'll learn that this book of Daniel is amazingly up to date and relevant for our times. For today, however, our main and simple lesson has been to see and learn from the close, habitual relationship Daniel had with God through prayer and the confidence which that gave him to trust in God in a crisis. And what's more, to have a real boldness in communicating God's message. Do we have anything remotely like that calibre of relationship with God and with it the boldness to declare to others God's message which we discover by the Spirit in the Bible for us today? Thanks, Brian. As I said before Brian's talk, there's a reminder of what's been said in all these talks in the transcript book, which is available for this series, uh, which may prove helpful to you, I'm sure, and it's free. You can also download many of our books and talks via the internet, but the free book for this series is available to you by asking for the title Daniel Decoded. You can order by email or by post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, the Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, United Kingdom. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now also look out for Search for Truth featuring on www.twr360.org. I'm pleased to say that this will give you Yet another excellent way of accessing again what you first heard here on your radio. So I hope you enjoyed today's talk and found it helpful. But do join us again next week, if you can, for the next talk in this series. But for now, it's very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, studio technician David, our singers and me, John. So cheerio and may God richly bless you. Yeah.